Kiss. Tell you what's good, it's a good thing we live close because I almost suffocated in that car. Next time I won't wear so much Papa Rabini. Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Rapop Go to Zipper from Crystal Ball, although also featured in the film Showgirls. Recorded on the 10th of October 1993 at Paisley Park and released on the 29th of January 1998. On the track, you have Prince, Michael B, Sonny T, the MPG Horns, and Maite um, in what was possibly one of the later songs that she was on i don't i can't recall her being on anything kind of after 95 so this is kind of around the last time that we would have heard her on a song the song is four minutes 38 and joining me to talk about today is ollie brady hello ollie hey darren um i just want to point out that while you were doing your introduction you were doing your usual fast bit style until you got to the point where you went a showgirl like up there <laughs> and i don't even know if you you realize you did it but yeah. you, when you're listening back there's a definite change yeah it's it's funny because um i remember uh going to the cinema around this time and in the lobby of the cinema where we went there was like a pile of showgirls postcards and it was just the showgirls logo with the very thin lettering in pink and elizabeth berkeley i assume it's her leg kind of halfway in the postcard <laughs> just on black um, and i'm sure i took at least like a couple of them um, and I can't remember what the release date of the film was, which is why I was hesitating a little there. Because obviously, although this this song came out in 1998, people would have heard it in, in like 1995, whenever Showgirls came out, sometime yeah. around there. Um, so I think it, it was featured on the Showgirls soundtrack, um, but I was trying to figure out when that date would be in my head, but I can't remember when it was. So. I think I think Showgirls was mid-95, so... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I think... <laughs> I th I think it was out early '96 at the uh, oh, nice. uh, just because of where I was living at the time and where I got the postcards from. I'm thinking it was at least early '96 that it came out. Uh, obviously, a little bit controversial due to the fact that it got. Um, I think it was an NC-17 in America, and it was like the first large <laughs> release that ever got that certificate. Probably the last large release that ever got that certificate. Because <laughs> well, after it, it after it dropped, yeah, yeah, it basically made no money. Um, I say that, I, I think it did okay at the box office, it's just the budget on it was ridiculously high. Um, yeah. And I guess if you're going to be paying Prince to record like a couple of songs for you, then that's where some of the money was going. Your budget's um, going to go. Darren, um, the only thing I know about Showgirls, because I've never actually seen the movie, right? Um, okay. Is I know that Kyle McLaughlin's in it, and I know that Elizabeth Berkeley's in it. Now, we're roughly the same age, I think, or in around about the same ballpark age, which mm -hmm. means it's Jesse from Saved by the Bell. And yes. as a kid, when I found out there was Jesse from Saved by the Bell, genuinely my only thought was, because I was about, I think I was about 15 when the movie came out, I was like, I'd rather see the other girls from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and it's not, like, and that's Kid Ollie. Obviously, she's a, a beautiful woman. And then um, I saw the scene that this is used in, and it's a very, you know, effective scene. But at the same time, as a kid, little Ollie was like, oh, I'd rather it was Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think at the time, Tiffany Amber Thiessen had moved on to... Um, I think she was on Beverly Hills 90210 at the time. So oh, cool. uh, she was still on television. And I'm not sure whatever happened to Lark Voorhees. Um, uh, I think I she may have just quit after after Saved by the Bell finished. I think she yeah. she kind of didn't act that much after that. Uh, but yeah, it, like uh, the selling point was Elizabeth Berkley from Saved by the Bell is in this film where she plays a stripper. Um, that was the selling point of the film. 
Um, also, you know, it was it was you know it was from the pen of Joe Esterhaus, um, who had written um, Basic Instinct. You know, it was from the director of you know RoboCop, and you know, so like totally there was a recall, lot of selling yeah. points. Um, there's also, funnily enough, there's also um, Alan Rachins, I believe is how you say his surname, who was on um, L.A. Law, but on L.A. Law he was bald, and in this film <laughs> he has hair. So I, th- I don't know if it's just he's got a bad wig in this or. But Carl McLaughlin's hair in this film looks like a bad wig as well. I don't like. I don't know where the money went in this film, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, like, kind of the basic plot of Showgirls is just that uh, Nomi, and that is her name, not Naomi. Um, <laughs> they miss the A out. Uh, you know, she arrives in Vegas, um, and she meets this girl who works at this show. While waiting to join that show, you know, with she auditions for it. But while waiting for that, she works as a stripper. She dances to the Prince song 319, as discussed on the episode of 319. Mm-hmm. Um, she then gets an audition to be in the show, which features Gina Gershon as the headliner. Um, she ends up pushing Gina Gershon down the stairs and taking her <laughs> spot as the lead of the show. Someone then figures out that she has a criminal past. And rather than, you know, um, kind of turn herself in or whatever, you know, she needs to do, she simply leaves Las Vegas and <laughs> goes goes back home wherever. Um, now, Darren, are you sure this is Showgirls and not Black Swan you're telling me about? <laughs> uh, well, the, 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 like, the thing is as well is like in between that, um, you know, sh- th- there's two press conferences to announce who is going to headline this show. <laughs> the show, yeah. like. And it's just like, what? And there's like huge billboards announcing that Nomi Malone is the new head of this, like, this topless show in Las Vegas. It's, it kind of, it stretches credibility in a number of ways. But the weirdest thing that it does is, um, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley is a, a credible dancer in the film. Like, she insists that she's a dancer, not a stripper. She yells that several times at various people <laughs> while she's in the middle of stripping sometimes. She'll just yell at them, I'm a dancer, not a stripper. Um, while she is naked, thrusting her genitals in Karl McLaughlin's face. And people are like, well, okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, so, but the weirdest thing is she meets this guy who keeps telling her, like, that her dancing style is too much like a stripper and not enough like a dancer. And he, he at one point says that he's working on something. And so he takes her back to his place and they dance to Rip Up, Go to Zipper. And the weirdest thing about the scene is. Well, you know, it turns sexual very quick. Um, well, f- I mean, the weirder thing is that he has a copy of a Prince song that literally nobody else in the world has heard, <laughs> just on a cassette that he just puts in and they start dancing to. In his little shitty studio apartment, like yeah, and and uh, and then and then you know, she she like she copies his dance moves as though she's a trained dancer. Like he does a bit of kind of choreography, she copies the choreography. They start dancing, and then she just starts improvising, which it's, which consists of her grinding on him basically. See, I didn't know because I genuinely have never seen Sugar. So I didn't know that was the plot, is that she's constantly saying I'm not a dancer. So I watched the scene today, and they go into the little room, and then he sits down, and they're dancing. And then she literally gives him a lap dance. Like, that's <laughs> that's what happens in this scene. Yeah. So what? So her entire point is, or his entire point is, you dance too much like a stripper, you have to dance less like a stripper. So her way to stop this is to actually strip for him and do a lap dance. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the thing is then she she begs off, you know, like any sexual encounter by saying that she's on her period and then she just walks out he, of the door. He rather classily says, I've got towels. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Jeez, classic Joe, Joe Esterhaus. Um, and then she just like <laughs> walks out and leaves. And as she does several times during the film, almost to the point of comedy, she puts her arm up and a taxi just appears out of nowhere. Advertising Instantly. the show that she is auditioned for on top, by the way. The, there's an advert for the show that she's a part of. So she, And then off she goes. And that's the end of the scene. And when Darren, Darren has said it, it's like they're literally in an empty, vacant lot. Like she, yeah. his, his apartment is in the middle of nowhere. She walks out and then she just goes, taxi, taxi comes out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they're like on, a, on an abandoned industrial estate, essentially. Um, yeah, and so she like she does that several times throughout the film. It's it's kind of weird, you know. It's like if once you notice it, you're like, this seems to be a film about a, a woman who has the magical power to hail taxis from the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> almost like if that was like a superhero power, it'd be like the most useless X Men would be someone who can just go, well, I can hail a taxi from wherever I want, you know. And Wolverine's <laughs> like, I can stab people with these claws, and everyone's like, well. We'll go with Taxi Guy for the moment, you know. At least he can get us somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, we need we need to get down to get uh, our foe. Like, <laughs> yeah. So therefore, we need to taxi Wolverine. When we bring it back, you can like chop it up for us. Yeah. Something. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, the scene like Prince had originally, you know, he he'd been spoken to by um, you know Paul Verhoeven's people, and they wanted him to submit a number of songs, and in the end, only two appeared in the film. Um, this is bef- this is way before Prince knew it was going to be a bomb. Or anyone knew it was going to be a bomb, um, you know. Uh, Prince basically, I, I think he just didn't have the time. You know, he was he was releasing two albums in '94, three albums in '95, three albums in '96. <laughs> he was like otherwise <laughs> occupied with a lot more of his own music. So you know, he gave them a couple of songs, and essentially, three nineteen was already on the Gold Experience. So Repop Go to Zipper remained the only kind of exclusive song that features in Showgirls. And then obviously Prince took the song back and released it on Crystal Ball, you know, like uh, you know, two years later. Um, and and Darren, was this ever released as a single or did it get much radio play? Because I, I wouldn't have remembered this at all until I heard it. No, no. It, basically, it was essentially just an album song. Um, the weirdest thing was, I'm sure 319 was planned to be a single, but in the end they withdrew the, you know, like the idea, you know, they kind of put something else out instead. I think they put Dolphin out instead. So, you know, there was essentially nothing to, to kind of tie Prince to Showgirls, um, you know, once the, once the film came out, (laughs) aside from his films appearing in it. Um, Dolphin got released as a single ahead of this. Uh, no, ahead of 319. 319, yeah. all right, because I was just going to be, oh yeah, because this didn't get onto Crystal or um, onto the other album. No, no. This is a better radio tune um, than Dolphin is, <laughs> by a long way, I would say. Like, when I got Crystal Ball, one of the first, like, I'd seen Showgirls, uh, I think on Sky Movies 2 or whatever channel it was on, um, you know, by the time by the time Crystal Ball came out. So I'd, I'd heard Rapop Go to Zipper, and I'd watched that scene quite a few times, Mainly just for the song. I was like, I really want to hear this song, but this is the only place for me to yeah, listen sure, to. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was. I read it for the articles. Yes, and so, and so, once I got the album, like this was the first, like this is the first track that I immediately went to after you know listening to the title track because I was curious as to exactly what the song Crystal Ball was about. Being as it's like almost eleven minutes long, I was like, I wonder what that's all about. Um, and then I went straight to this, and you know, it remains possibly my favorite song from Crystal Ball. Uh, I don't think there's any, like on the second and third disc, I don't think there's anything really memorable. I mean, maybe I put it on the same level as the title track because I like Crystal Ball quite a lot. But, you know, it's ten and a half minutes. That's a lot to listen to. Um, You know, this Mm -hmm. is less than five minutes. So it's, you know, it's a quick thing. Um, And I think in terms of like a genre, I feel it's fairly easy to say that this is 
um, I guess you could say rap <laughs> or hip hop. Uh, you know, it kind of fits into that genre a bit. Um, it is. It is funny because it. You know, obviously before we before we began recording, you you basically said that you couldn't understand the lyrics. Um, I can't understand that, what he's saying. Yeah, due to the way that Prince is singing them, and I think that's because Prince is doing his nineteen nineties rapper voice, um, which is uh-huh. which is how he would whenever he had a song where he wanted to rap and he didn't have his own. You know, he had a he had a couple of rappers during this time, but when when he wanted to rap personally, he would put a voice on where he I don't know. It's not it's not like an accent, but it's just a way of him delivering the lines that means that it does make them a little less easy to understand. Um, but you know this this has some kind of great lines in it um, once you understand what he's singing about which you know after yeah. 20 years of which, listening to this which by the way yes. and Darren is not going to get away without doing this Darren can sing these lyrics <laughs> um, or at least say them very quickly in a way that I am unable to do so because he did it earlier when I said I can't really understand what he's saying and then Darren's like boom straight into the pink plush goes down. It's just, he's good. He's good at this. Well, I've, you know, I've been listening to the song for 20 years, so I, I have that advantage over you. But yeah, so I think I think it's interesting as well that, you know, um, the fact that Prince, like Crystal Ball was a, a set of songs that Prince chose to release. So he was the one who picked which songs went on there. So I think it's interesting that, you know, literally a couple of years after this was on Showgirls, he's like, I'm going to put that out on my own, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put, I'm going to have mm. it back and I'm going to do something with it. And, you know, rather than he could have, he could have just left it on Showgirls and never released it. There's another, you know, there's about a hundred other songs that he didn't put back onto Crystal Ball that, that were released in other methods. So, you know, I think it's interesting that he actually decided to take this one back. Um, but yeah. Mm. And I think the, um, the back of music in this is pretty special you know this is you know you've got michael b sunny t you know and prince they had recorded a project called the undertaker uh which there you go there's there's some songs that prince could have released you know the, the, he could have put those on crystal ball but he didn't um and basically the three of them spent about 40 minutes just playing a bunch of songs um, and it was recorded for a video that was given away as a promotional thing with like a guitar magazine <laughs> which is such mm. such a weird <laughs> way to release a project um but basically, they were known as like the the New Power Three, and you know, at this point, Prince had known. I think he'd known Michael B. Actually, since like the, the late seventies, um, but he'd been in the band for about four years now. Um, and Sonny T, you know, he'd known him since the mid eighties as well, and you know, he'd been in the band since like nineteen ninety one. So they'd known each other a few years. So I feel like the kind of the backing part is really kind of tight because, you know, Michael B. is a great drummer, probably my favorite Prince drummer. And, you know, Sunny T is great on the bass. And then you also have the MPG horns, who had only been going for about a year at this point. Um, but the horn stuff that they do, it's it's just kind of little accents, but it's really kind of, you know, it's very kind of tight, um, you know. And then you have Maite, um, who has some interactions in the song with Prince, um, playing, mm. you know, the reluctant, uh, the person who's been reluctantly wooed by Prince uh, via these lyrics. <laughs> uh, let's say it like that. Um, but yeah, so, I mean... We also have something which I haven't mentioned up until now, which is something that Prince, for some reason, I don't know why this happened, but in the early 90s, he started to get quite heavy into sound effects. So you have you have lots of kissy sounds throughout the, the song. You have... Yep, they're breaking in. Yeah, you have you have the, the zip. Whenever he says, Rapop, go to zipper, in the background, you have like a zip sound <laughs> just literally on the beat. It's, it, I, it's, it's perfectly timed. Um, and this is something that Prince would do. Like if you listen to Most Beautiful Girl in the World, 
There are so many like special which I, effects, which on. I do because it's it's my favorite Prince song. And there's like there's like when he says on that when he says if time and then you hear like a clicking like a, a ticking clock going on and he you know like literally everything on that on that song has sound effects and this is kind of like the early part of prince doing that in in kind of like the early 90s is i don't know why but he just got really heavy into putting sound effects on on songs to emphasize certain words the weird thing about it is is that when prince does it it doesn't feel right he does it in beautiful girl in the world he does it a little bit in cream yeah um, where when he says stuff and they're talking about stuff ripping or whatever, and and then get off as well, like you get the horns and stuff going off and the sound of like coffee being made or whatever, and all of this is great when Prince does. <laughs> when anyone else does it, it just feels ridiculous, and it sounds so. It actually genuinely sounds good in this. Song. Yeah, because the few things you can hear is zipper, but he does get you get that sound, <laughs> and it's like. Nice, yeah. I I understand what you're getting at here. This is this is good. Like, but as I said, yeah. um, it's everyone else does it. It sounds like Ross from Friends producing his music, which is <laughs> not good. Um, and uh, my favorite thing in this song as well, aside from obviously the zipper sound, and also you know the fact that that Prince kind of takes the he puts on this weird accent to kind of sing the song, is the fact that he sings the words etc etc. <laughs> like there's a point there's a point where he kind of, et cetera, et cetera. like there's a point where he kind of gives up on listing things and he's just like pop go to zip zipper etc etc et but he's, he doesn't say etc he says etc etc so he says it quickly twice but he goes etc etc so that's like the end of every like kind of chorus that's the chorus yeah, yeah. and it's like did he just forget stuff to say you know he, i i think maybe that's just um I think maybe he wrote an original course and then he was writing the second course. He was like, I don't want to write it out again. I'm writing this by hand. <laughs> he's writing, et cetera, et cetera. And then later on, he's like, I prefer that to the actual lyrics I've written. Uh, it's better than him going ditto, ditto, um, you know, which would be the alternative. Uh, and you, oh, my favorite Pokemon. You'd be, you'd be unsurprised to learn that um, when Prince would write lyrics by hand, he would write them using a purple pen. <laughs> so, but yeah, so oh, Prince. I mean, let's get You're into so <laughs> let's get into these lyrics then. I mean, the title obviously "Repop Go to Zipper" itself, you know, it, it, it obviously symbolizes Prince, you know, pulling someone's zipper down. Um, which, I mean, if you're familiar with fashion in the 90s, there was a lot of stuff that girls were wearing that had zippers on them. You know, people would have denim dresses with zippers. It was very much a zipper culture um, back in the early 90s. Um, and Prince Prince lets us know that if you if you flicker the pink plush and then this brother tripper, start start down at the base, then stop at the treble, circle the mid-range and up go me levels. And I think it's interesting that Prince is using, like, musical terms to describe where he is on someone's body where he's, he's saying mm-hmm. start down at the bass and stop at the treble which to me it sounds like whoever this person is has a, a, a dress that has a zip that runs all the way from you know their behind all the way to the top of their back and that is that i'm is, assuming that's yeah what and that yeah. is where the, the zip is going and then i like when he says circle the mid-range so i'm like i i mean i get <laughs> i'm i'm kind of guessing where the mid-range is um and uh, and up go me levels yes <laughs> and he mentions a song here by Shantae Moore who actually appeared on a Prince song a couple of years after this but that song was actually released before this song was made available due to the way hmm. things were released um and he says pressures by Shantae's rock in the box this cannot be foreplay because this be too hot uh, and then he just disc- um. yes, <laughs> and then uh, I was going to say, do you know the song "Precious" by Shante? I do not know the song "Precious" by Shante. No, uh, that, no, that, I don't know. That is a, that is apparently her biggest hit, uh, and it came out like in 1992. 
Um, right, I'm going to have to look it up after we finish here. Yeah. And Prince describes what he's going to keep doing, uh, where he says, up go the left thigh on me shoulder there, up go the right and me blood pressure there. With my tongue in the cheek of the gold <laughs> underwear, when yank of the teeth and they off on the chair. I think by this point we've reached the, the moment where whomever Prince is unzipping is now clearly fully naked. Um, and obviously... The, oh, oh, this case, yeah. Yeah, and that is obviously affecting his blood pressure. Um, which is the most <laughs> subtle reference I think Prince has ever put in a song to an erection. Um, by referring to the, the, the blood pressure there. Um, yeah. Uh, subtle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, subtle for a song that later on we'll talk about, you know, um, fake lamb fur, um, which is possibly one of my favourite things. At this point, Prince became like um, a vegan. Um, and the songs yeah. after this, uh, I mean, obviously Dolphin is one of the songs where he's, he kind of talks about his veganism. Uh, there's a song called uh, Animal Kingdom where he also talks about this. And, you know, there's various of the songs. And then for the album uh, Rave to the Joy Fantastic, he's wearing a fake wool suit. That's his that's his is on the on the cover. And he has like a mesh message in there about how when lambs are sheared, like they die of cold. And there's like millions of lambs die each year because of this. So he he yeah. like the the plight of the plight of lambs really became a cause that he kind of moved to. So it's interesting that later in the song he'll mention fake lamb fur. Yeah. But yeah, and so you know we have the chorus, which is just the kind of the the, the opening line essentially after the Repop go to sipper, where he says, "If you think flicker the prank pressure, then this blood the tripper." And then he says, "My girly, how in the world you learn to do this that you know, Repop go the zipper, etc., etc." So. And I, I, then it's, it seems to shift because obviously, you know, Prince is talking about the various things that he's going to be doing with this lady. But then he's asking her, how do you learn this? So I feel like there's some reciprocation there uh, between the mm. two of them. So as, as <clears throat> she take it all the way down, Darren, the girl <laughs> go down to the hair. <laughs> yes. But yes. Uh, she wouldn't move a muscle for what seemed like days. My heart stopped beating and I died this way. And I love the way he sings yeah. that as well. And he has the the heartbeat sound as well underneath my heart. That's the only beating. part of the song I actually <laughs> could really hear properly because it's, it changes slightly differently. It goes, my heart stopped beating and I died this yeah. way. And it's like, oh yeah, I like that. That's he, also double tracks, he also double tracks, I, di- I died this way as well. So it, it makes it really mm. easy to hear what he's saying. But yeah, he talks about how the bench that he normally used for the weights, my girl should lay me down and try my soul to take which <laughs> is like i feel like I, f- I feel like prince maybe is indulging in a little bit of uh you know exaggeration there i don't think she's trying to take your soul prince i think you know this is something else is happening here um but yeah in the scene as well you, you, like the, the kind of you, you mentioned this earlier before we started recording but the the kind of the description of the up goes the left leg and up goes the right leg you know all that stuff is actually kind of mirrored in the film where Elizabeth Berkeley kind of puts her legs up as the, as that happens in the song. But then the rest of the song doesn't really fit with the, the rest of the scene. It just keeps kind of quietly playing in the background. Um, and then kind of just as you get to just before the flute solo, then then kind of the, you know, the, that's where the scene is finished. You know, it's only basically about two minutes out of the kind of four minute song. Um, so you don't really get all of the song in the background, um, which is why I was yeah. very eager maybe, to listen to the It maybe links... It maybe links up a little bit where he's shocked at how good a dancer she is in the scene. Yeah, yeah, but I, maybe. Well, <laughs> but that's that's pushing it. I mean, it's funny because she he knows she's a good dancer because earlier in the film they were in a club and they were dancing together, and you know she was dancing with him, 
Um, and I think at one point she'd need him in the groin. Um, something which <laughs> she does. Yeah, so, something which happens to this fellow quite a lot actually in the film. <laughs> there's, in, there's at least two or three occasions where someone knees him in the groin. Um, and he's actually like out of everybody that's in the film, the guy who kind of is dancing with her in this scene is possibly the best person in the film. So I I don't know why he gets so much punishment and you know why Nomi is so terrible to him because because if he's a nice guy, that's what happens. He need to be like a bad dude like <laughs> uh, Kyle McLaughlin, the baddest of all the bad dudes. Yes, yeah. Also, one thing you mentioned in the intro about Kyle McLaughlin is that his wig is terrible. I don't think I've ever seen Kyle McLaughlin in anything where his hair looked good. And that, Darren can see me right now. I'm a I'm a baldy dude. My hair is better than Kyle McLaughlin's has ever been. Yeah. Um, it's just always been bad. Even way back in the 80s, it was bad. Yeah. He's, I mean, his hair is kind of out of control in, uh, in Showgirls. He, there's at least several scenes where he flicks his hair from side to side to get it out of his eyes. Because it's, <laughs> it's just not going where it's meant to the go. The mid-90s, Darren. The mid-90s. Yes. That's what we all look like. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so Prince tells us, I lay me girl down on the fake bamfer. It's fake, but it's still soft as what's between her. Lavender oil come from the bottle like I do. Whenever I think about the zipper ripping so good. All done the body, the devil between the thighs. Pop, go to zipper, and you get a big surprise. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, I, the thing the thing is where he, he compares himself to lavender oil. I don't think that's a viscosity that you really want to be bringing up in this song. But I, <laughs> No, not really. I, I mean, I, sometimes I feel with Prince songs, maybe he's just looking around the room and he's like, lavender oil. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's, what, I'll, that's what I'll compare it to. Lavender oil. Um, but yeah, I like as well how he breaks the word Rapop go to zipper down as well when he says, you know, all down the body and the devil between the thighs. Rapop go to zipper. So like... He, he kind of breaks it down. So in case you haven't been able to understand what he's been saying, you're like, oh, the zipper goes pop. That makes sense now. <laughs> like, it, it's just kind of like a weird little thing where he breaks it down. Um, and hmm. later on, we kind of get, you know, the final kind of verse. We have the interaction with Maite, um, where Prince says, instead of walking inside, I just knock on the door. And of course, we get the door knocking sound. And he goes, I take a look around. And she's begging me. And then we hear Maite sing more, more, more. And he goes, when I finally come inside, I'm standing perfectly still. I can't take no more. And that, of course, is Maite. Pump you, then I will. <laughs> That's the most forceful thing <laughs> Prince has probably said on record in a decade. Um, and then of, he's not uh, he's not being coy anymore. No, turn. he's not. And of course, Maite calls out the fact that Prince has changed his name by saying, I just want to call your name, but I don't know what to say. Um, so Prince, at this time, there's at least five or six different songs where he'll... He'll have like um, you know references to the fact that no one can say his name. <laughs> so um, I, you know, there's, there's actually a track on you know um, Crystal Ball called "Say My Name" as well. So you know, it's or, or even "What's My Name." So it's like the fact that Prince had no name just seemed to be a fun thing that he kind of you know wanted to kind of call out. Um, and you know, he says, "If you're always with me, you'll never have to call me Touche." Um, and then you know we kind of get we get the chorus one more time and we finish with Prince singing, we well we get like the the kind of the descending horns at the very end and Prince just sings Rapop go to zipper, 
uh, always my favourite way to end a song with the title, so you know where it is. Um, and you know, uh, uh, then you get, if you're listening to the album, then you get this weird noise because it it goes straight into the next track, and it's like the sound of like the MPG operator, which was something that was Prince put on a lot of albums. So you have like this noise that sounds like something's opening, like on a computer, and then closing. Yeah, yeah. so it's like there's like a weird little noise at the end of the song, which I wish Prince had gone back to the master and taken that off because it always kind of annoys me because it's like. It's just like a because it's not leading into anything no. else. It's just like, and then the thing is as well, the next song on the album, like it, it, I think, is just a remix of "Love Sign," so it doesn't even make sense as like doesn't lead into that in any way. Um, so it's like I, you know, it just kind of for me, it kind of it's it's just one of those things that annoys me about the end of the song because it's like when I when I you know when I used to put this song on various uh, mini disc mixes that I would make, I'd always end up with this noise at the end of the song, and I'd be like, oh. It's it's annoying because <laughs> it doesn't so it doesn't fit with yeah. whatever I'm about to listen to. So one thing I would say, you said that Rapop goes to Zipper. Rapop goes to Zipper is your favorite way to end a song, and what instantly came into my head was all of the other songs that would automatically be made better if they finished with Rapop goes to Zipper. <laughs> so it was like I did it my way. Rapop goes to Zipper. Yeah, I just throw it in there. I think that would be a good would that work. would be a good way for people just to finish songs just by singing Rapop goes to Zipper. Um, just yeah uh, like how do I end it like Billy Joel talks about um, sometimes when he didn't know how to give a song an ending he would just give it an end <laughs> and then that would be it and he'd, he'd so he'd bring up um, everything up by an octave and then just stop and yeah. the song would be done because he couldn't figure out where he's going where Pop Go to Zip it does that for every tune <laughs> just boom like no matter what it is I'm loving angels instead Bob go to zipper and then we're finished it's on, we're out and we don't have to listen to it Bohemian Rhapsody would be done in three and a half minutes yeah just if they didn't go to start in the middle keep of adding it. to it yeah. like we're Pop go to zipper like <laughs> we're done yeah so I mean I, I, I think you know obviously it's a song about Prince having sex he describes what goes on from his end and then he describes the girl um, going down to the hair um, and you know his heart stops beating and he dies that way so you know it, it like this is about I mean after this we you know we have a couple of more albums which which have got archive material um, you know you have Raven to the Joy Fantastic but then Prince converts in late 2000 and then the next album he puts out is the Rainbow Children which is basically a concept album about the Jehovah's Witnesses so like this is really the last kind of time that we get a, like a, a song from Prince that is this kind of sexual because after this any songs that we get from Prince are kind of uh, you know even stuff from the archive is not this is you know there's nothing else I can think I can think of on Crystal Ball that is this sexual um and then you know by the time you get out of the archive in 2001 you're kind of stuck with Prince um no longer swearing and when he does old songs in concert, uh, if they had swearing, he just leaves a gap where the words would be, so he doesn't sing swear words anymore. Um, <laughs> so, like, so you kind of you lose Prince's. You know, he's always had this kind of mix of like sexuality and spirituality, and you kind of lose the sexuality stuff once you get into the kind of new millennium, um, until you kind of get to the stuff with Third Eye Girl, and then it kind of comes back a little bit. But it's mostly because. Um, you know the girls in the band are singing the songs, and they're they're the ones who are kind of getting into that kind of stuff. And it's not Prince, so it's it's still kind of the last. Re- this is kind of the last kind of overtly sexual song that you get from Prince, probably for the rest of his career. Um, you know that I can certainly recall. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I I mean, it's my it's my favorite song on these three discs, um, and it's one of my favorite Prince songs from the nineties. You know, for me, it's an easy five out of five, just because. 
you know, it's so well produced, you know, like you say, you know, the, the, the kind of the effects work because of the way Prince uses them, you know, using like a zipper as part of like the beat could be like a cheesy thing, but Prince just kind of makes it work. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Prince attempting to rap, but I still kind of like, like here he's, he's, he's kind of more rap singing. So it's, it's not as bad as some of the rapping that he did in the early nineties. By the time he actually gets to the two thousands, he's kind of got a handle on how to, do rapping and you know he has his own kind of flow here he's mostly singing but it's it's done to a kind of staccato kind of um uh, way of singing um and I, I do like the little interaction towards the end with maite as well you know the kind of pump you then i will stuff like it's you know it's it's kind of charming <laughs> so it's charming to hear her on a song because she recorded her solo album in like 1994 so she, kind of a year after this yeah. and after that she didn't she wasn't on any print songs for the rest of his, you know, for the rest of the time that they were together. Um, and they were only together for like, you know, another three years or so. So, you know, by the time you get to like the the time that this album actually came out, they were actually breaking up as a couple. So <laughs> so it's nice to hear oh, God, you know, yeah. her on a song, um, you know. It's not often you hear somebody describing um, the lyrics of a man singing to a woman that he's going to pump her as being charming. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> you know, Maite gets a bad press from a lot of Prince fans, but I think, you know, she was a good influence f- to, you know, for him. Um, and I think, I think that even shows in this song because this is a song that is sexual, but there is, there is no swearing. There are, there are no swear words in this song. He, you know, Prince manages to kind of conjure up, um, you know, interesting metaphors and kind of make it a bit more, you know, kind of less explicit than it would be. You know, there were there were some songs that he did, well, Sexy MF for a start, uh, where he was more explicit. And this is one of those songs where he's, you know, he's kind of he's kind of couching the language a bit more and kind of using metaphors and, you know, making, you know, the fact that he kind of describes a woman as, you know, the different parts of a musical instrument, that kind of thing. Like it, it kind of makes the song more interesting for him to kind of not be you're just swearing, which is. You know, something that Larry Graham disapproved of and one of the reasons why Prince ended up becoming the Jehovah's Witness was Larry Graham was like, Do you have to do you have to swear so much, Prince? And, you know, Prince kind of accepted, no, he could he could do songs that didn't require swearing and, and I like the fact that Prince manages to kind of, you know, do that here and, and kind of use a lot of metaphor. A lot of times in, in Prince songs I find the metaphors a little bit strained. Here, I don't even think they're really even qualified as metaphors. He might as well just say and I want to bang you. Um, and I appreciate it. It's not that I've read the lyrics and listened back to it again. I might have been a little bit harsh saying that I couldn't really hear what was going on. I think that's just me and not being, not being, not being used to or um, maybe uh, maybe the best to describe it. I'm not a competent listener to that type of of fast speaking lyrics. So having listened to it afterwards, it was like, yeah, no, I I like this, and I'm, I'm coming round on the song. I'm coming round on the song, Darren. I think the music in it is amazing. Yeah, and. The lyrics are not as bad as I thought they were. So, and they are genuinely funny. I would give this song. Hmm, oh, you're nailing me to the wall now, Darren. Um, I think the music in it is a four out of five. I think the overall song is a three out of five. Prince did perform this song live. Uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> um, a couple of times at his club in 1994, he performed it live, which I guess makes sense because you know Maite would have been there to be on stage and do the little kind of interactions towards the end of the song. So. Um, you know, that would kind of make sense. But it was literally only at his glam slam clubs in Florida and Los Angeles that he performed the song live. And then after 94, he never performed it. Again, like I said before, you know, Prince didn't really tour like 97, 98. 
and then by the time we got to touring in like the 2000s obviously he converted and I doubt he would sing this song again um, once he was a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness it just feels like one of those songs that wouldn't have been kind of appropriate um, you know for him to sing uh, Darren just that raises a good point after he converted would he have played any of his classic well classics but would he have played any of his late 80s early 90s stuff which seemed to have been the more sexually explicit uh, he, he stopped playing a, a ton of them um, like he wouldn't do Darling Nikki stuff like that um, but then later mm. on, once he had Third Eye Girl, they would play those songs. So Third Eye Girl would come out and do like a cover of, um, you know, Bambi or Darling Nikki. But Prince wouldn't sing the, the lyrics. You know, they would sing the lyrics. So he kind of got around it towards the end. Um, but yeah, he mostly just anything that had it, like kind of a ton of obscenity in or had themes that he didn't deem appropriate. He would just stop singing those songs. Um, and then, you know, there were some songs that were obviously so popular he couldn't not sing them. So some of those kind of got through, but he would generally, if there was anything that was kind of, you know, uh, any kind of expletives, he would just kind of drop the words and just not sing the word <laughs> and just kind of... So you'd have these <laughs> weird little gaps where Prince would leave words, but obviously all the fans know what word he's meant to be singing, so they would kind of sing them for him. So Sing along. But yeah. at the same time, he, there were a few concerts where apparently he, he looked disapprovingly at the audience when they sang any swear words. So <laughs> I feel like the fans kind of got the message that Prince didn't want to hear those words. So, you know, they kind of fans kind of stopped doing that to him, you know. Um, so, but yeah, you know, he kind of, once he was a Jehovah's Witness, it's not like it was a huge amount that changed because, you know, the albums that he released after that, you know, a lot of the material was kind of roughly the same as what he'd been doing before he was a Jehovah's Witness. I don't think there's anything really mm -hmm. unlike Raven to the Joy Fantastic, you know, which came out in 1999, that Prince wouldn't have performed as a Jehovah's Witness. Like, you know, the kind of he still kind of performed songs that had a kind of, you know, sensual feel. It's just he didn't swear. So <laughs> so that's the, the kind of major change. <laughs> um, but yeah, and to, to my knowledge, no one has covered Rapop Go to Zipper, which I feel is a missed opportunity because... You know, I feel I feel like there's a you know someone could cover this and make this their own. You know, Prince never released it as a single, so you know people would, as with nothing compares yeah, to you, think. people would be like, oh, well, I didn't realize this song was written by Prince, um, unless yeah. you know they were. You could totally you could totally picture a Justin Timberlake taking this and uh, <laughs> yeah, turning it into his own. Maybe maybe well maybe a Timberlake circa two thousand six. <laughs> well, the weirdest thing is, of course, there was a Showgirls musical, but unfortunately, they did <laughs> they did not use Rapop Go to Zipper at any point in the in the musical, which I feel is a missed opportunity. You know, it, there's only there's only really like a, a handful of songs that actually feature in um, you know in Showgirls. So if you're not going to use them in the musical version, what's the point of doing the musical? Um, you know, it, it feels like a wasted opportunity. But if this had been in the Showgirls musical, I would have made an you know an effort to at least go and see that musical just to see on stage people dancing to Rapop Go to Zipper. Um, you know, but you know they didn't do that unfortunately. Uh, so I feel like we said about as much about uh, Zippers going pop as anyone is ever going to say. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Ali? Um, I'd like to plug my podcast. Uh, it's called Best Acquaintances, where myself and my best friend Emily, um, she's a, a girl I only know from the internet. We've never met in real life and maybe never will meet in real life. And we're going to, or what we do is we talk to people we only know from the internet. So we bring them on, we have a Skype call, and we find out about their lives. And it's, it's a fun, entertaining thing. And you get to know people that, you get to find out that pretty much everybody has something fascinating and interesting about them even people who like we'll contact somebody and say hey i know you from this group do you want to come along and, and have a chat with us and they go oh i'm the most boring person in the world and we get them to give us a list of topics what can you talk about oh i have no topics i'll, I'll talk about anything 
But then when you actually start talking to them and they start revealing stuff about themselves, everybody has an interesting story somewhere. Everybody's got a fun tale. Everybody's got that one or two mad things that happened to them at some stage in their life. And it's nice to hear those and give people a chance to let them out. So it's called Best Acquaintances. And you should all give it a give it a listen, give it a try. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Ollie. No, no worries. I, I absolutely love it. And otherwise, goodbye. So you like my crib? It's not mine, it's Rennie. Say, how much did you have to drink? What's the beast like you've ever been in? So do you like environmental records? Crickets chirping, water rushing. Supposed to make you horny, just make me want to go to the bathroom. Actually, this one's not bad. Check it out. So, like, what's your name? Oh, wow, that's dog.